Hello, everyone, and welcome to the October 21st edition of the WorkComp Academy Weekly News. I'm Renee Folson, attorney with the Floyd Scarron Law Firm. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get started with our litigation report. Three drug distributors are in talks with state and local governments to settle opioid litigation for $18 billion. McKesson, America... Amerisource Bergen and Cardinal Health would collectively pay the amount over 18 years under the deal currently on the table. Around 2,600 lawsuits by state and local governments are pending nationally. Plaintiffs are accusing drug manufacturers of deceptively marketing opioids in ways that downplayed their risks. And drug distributors of failing to detect and halt suspicious orders. The three companies, which together control about 85% of the U.S. prescription drug market, are among the six that are slated to be defendants in a landmark trial set to begin in Cleveland very soon. Johnson & Johnson is also involved in the discussions to contribute additional money. And OxyContin maker Purdue Pharma won a bankruptcy court order briefly pausing the sprawling opioid litigation against that company. It needs the time to try and make headway on its proposed legal settlement that it says is worth $10 billion. Privately held Purdue filed for bankruptcy last month to help it implement the proposed settlement. The plaintiffs in most of the cases support the proposed settlement, but at least 24 states are opposed to it. The bankruptcy judge approved a stay of all litigation against the company until November 6. The company hopes over the coming weeks it can convince holders and those holding out states to agree to extend the stay on litigation up to six additional months. And our crime report. Back in June 2018, federal officials charged 601 people in the largest bust of healthcare fraud in U.S. history. The national takedown was across 58 different federal districts. Southern California criminal cases named a total of 33 defendants with nine new defendants charged as part of what they call Operation Spinal Cap. The scheme was spearheaded by Michael Dravat, the former owner of Pacific Hospital in Long Beach. One of the high-profile defendants in that operation was Dr. Daniel Capen of Manhattan Beach, an orthopedic surgeon who agreed to plead guilty to conspiracy and illegal kickback charges. Capen accounted for about $142 million of Pacific Hospital's claims to insurers. Another defendant was Dr. Timothy J. Hunt of Palos Verdes Estates, also an orthopedic surgeon. Hunt referred spinal surgery patients to Capen and other doctors. Now, this month, Dr. Hunt agreed to plead guilty to a conspiracy charge involving his receipt of illegal kickbacks stemming from various financial relationships with the Pacific Hospital of Long Beach and related entities. In a sentencing memo filed by his attorneys this September, Hunt said he was persuaded to accept what appeared to be an option contract to buy his medical practice. He said this occurred at a time when he had no other option to hold on to his practice 
due to financial extortion by his late father's fourth wife. He claims he was induced to participate in this arrangement by sophisticated parties, Tino Bernadette and Michael Drobot, the owners of Pacific Hospital and their attorneys. Hunt said they assured him the arrangement was legal. But his attorneys concluded in the sentencing memo by saying that Dr. Hunt got involved in something he should have realized was clearly illegal and deliberately turned a blind eye to the obvious problems with Bernadette's and Drabat's proposal. Subsequently, the court committed Hunt to the custody of the Bureau of Prisons for a term of 24 months. Upon release, he is to have supervised release for three additional years. He is to report to the designated institution not later than November 12. A deferred restitution hearing is set for December 20, 2019. A licensed acupuncturist pleaded guilty to federal criminal charges and admitted to fraudulently billing Amtrak's health care plan for millions of dollars worth of acupuncture, massages, and facials that either were medically unnecessary or were never provided at all. 50-year-old Gijong Aksayo Goodmanson of Anaheim Hills pleaded guilty to one count of health care fraud and one count of money laundering. She owned Healthy Life Acupuncture Center, which operated in Riverside and in Los Angeles. Goodmanson recruited Amtrak employees to visit Healthy Life and then billed the Amtrak health care plan for acupuncture, which she knew was not being provided. Goodmanson also admitted to billing the health care plan for medically unnecessary services, such as massages and facials as well as for work-related injuries she knew the Amtrak plan did not cover. She also provided medical services to non-Amtrak health care plan participants and then billed the plan for it under the name of an actual Amtrak plan participant. Goodman sent also knowingly and routinely funneled money through bank accounts opened in the names of a shell company and her relatives. The government estimates the total loss to the Amtrak health plan to be at least $3.8 million. Goodmanson will face a statutory maximum sentence of 30 years in a federal prison after her January 22nd sentencing hearing. A stunning investigative report published in July 2018 by the Los Angeles Times provided several examples of Los Angeles police officers and firefighters filing and recovering what it claims are exaggerated or outright fake workers' compensation claims. And now, more than a year later, reports of alleged fraudulent workers' compensation claims by LAPD officers continue to make the headlines. This month, a former Los Angeles Police Department officer has been charged with illegally collecting workers' compensation insurance benefits before resigning in 2016. Michael Simon is charged with two felony counts of workers' compensation insurance fraud and one felony count of grand theft. Prosecutors are requesting that bail be set at $40,000. 
$1,000. Simon is accused of engaging in activities inconsistent with his claimed injuries while he was off work on disability back in 2015. In 2016, he allegedly falsely rep represented the nature of his injuries to his employer in order to collect additional financial assistance. Simon faces a possible maximum sentence of six years and eight months in state prison if convicted as charged. The case remains under investigation by the LAPD's Workers' Compensation Fraud Unit. And in regulatory news, as employers with operations in California had feared, Governor Gavin Newsom has signed AB 51. The new law effectively outlaws mandatory arbitration agreements with employees. He signed a new version of a bill that prior Governor Jerry Brown had vetoed repeatedly while he was in office. The bill not only prohibits mandatory arbitration agreements, but it also outlaws arbitration agreements in which employees must take an affirmative action to escape arbitration, such as opting out. And, as the statute is written in broad terms that extend to waivers of statutory procedures, it appears to extend not just to arbitration of an employee's claims, but also to waivers of jury trials and of class actions. In short, effective next January, an employer may only enter into an arbitration agreement with an employee in California or a jury trial or a class action waiver. If that employee voluntarily and affirmatively chooses to enter into such an agreement, and the employer may not retaliate against an employee who chooses not to enter into such an agreement. The analysis of the Senate Rules Committee demonstrates that the legislature was well aware that a bill prohibiting arbitration agreements could be challenged as being preempted by the Federal Arbitration Act. Despite the attempt to draft a statute that avoids the Federal Arbitration Act preemption, only time will tell if such a preemption challenge is made and if it is successful. It if, it's not, if it is not enjoined in whole or in part, the new legislation could have a great impact on employers with operations in California and upon pending and threatened litigation. But Governor Newsom vetoed a bill that would have provided 4850 time for school police. Certain peace officers firefighters, and other specified state and local public employees are entitled to a leave of absence without loss of salary while disabled by injury or illness arising out of and in the course of employment. The leave of absence, or 4850 time, is in lieu of temporary disability payments or maintenance allowance payments otherwise payable under the workers' compensation system. Assembly Bill AB 346 would have added police officers employed by a school district, county office of education, or community college district to the list of public employees entitled to 4850 benefits. Without passage of this new law, if a local public agency wants to grant its employees certain benefits of employment, it's still able to accomplish that goal by a collective bargaining agreement. 
Thus, some argued that the collective bargaining process and not legislation may be a better approach to enhancing the benefits of this class of employee. According to the author of the bill, about 60% of school police officers already have this benefit. The proposed law was widely supported by at least 13 organizations or public employee units and there was no organized opposition to the law. The California legislature sent Governor Newsom over 1,000 bills passed just this last year. Newsom said most of the bills he vetoed were because of money concerns. And in medical news, researchers may have found a way to press pause on spinal disc injuries giving doctors more time to treat them before worse issues develop. The team discovered that cells in the outer region of spinal discs become stressed and kick off a subpar healing process after injuries. Program cell death, known as apoptosis, occurs quickly within 24 hours of the injury. This poses a challenge because, unlike other areas in the body, cells in the discs lack a blood supply and cannot easily repopulate with the new cells needed for regeneration. Researchers then found this can temporarily be blocked with drugs that calm the cells down. This study was conducted using specially engineered biomaterials and small animal models and was published in Nature Biomedical Engineering. This work sheds light on some of the challenges in slowing disc degeneration and preventing back pain. Most spine research focuses on the inner part of the disc, but this work highlights the need to treat the whole disc and doing so may lead to identification of new targets for therapy. So that is all of our news and events for this week. Please check our website daily for news updates, past editions of our news, and much, much more. And remember, you can subscribe to our weekly news podcasts and special reports using your iPhone, iPad, or Android device by searching for the WorkComp Academy with your podcast software. And we also publish a daily flash briefing on the Amazon Alexa Echo platform. To access that, search for Workers' Compensation News on Amazon. Again, I'm Renee Foltz with Floyd Scarin, Manuki, and Langeman. Thanks for joining us today. Please drop by again next week for more news.